Good afternoon, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read and Weep. This is season four. We are just three charming sociopaths with perfect opinions about movies, TV, and pop culture. I'm your host, Alex Falcone, recording as usual from North Koreatown in Los Angeles. And I am joined today by two real real sweethearts, real charmers. Uh, first up, he's at Anthony Lopez Part 2 on Twitter. He's in Southeast Portland, and he's secretly been taking birth control this whole time. It's Anthony Lopez. Zip, 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 That's my invisible suit. Oh, Zooming in on photos, taking photos of you. Oh, the suit takes photos? Oh, man. Something like that. I don't know. Do you think the suit casts a shadow? Wouldn't it still cast a shadow? There's so many questions. I have so many questions about the suit. Boy, we're going to talk. The main thing is, even if it is perfectly invisible, it's got to be sweaty in that suit. Oh yeah. The whole, he's, the whole he's, time he's torturing her, he is sweating like a pig. He uh covers himself in baby powder before he climbs got, into that suit. Imagine the smell it. in that invisible yeah. man murder suit. Oh, yeah. That's oh, the real gross. horror. Yeah, he, it's like a it's like a locker room in there. Okay, also yeah. joining us, he's at Hunbun on Letterboxd from the woods of Arkansas for the very final time, at least for now. For the last time for now. Uh he just uh, he just got into art school, so we're he's moving away. It's Hunter Donaldson. <laughs> hey, what's up? For this one, you can imagine me as just some floating sunglasses and a hat, kind of old school style. Yeah. I missed, yeah, they did the little reference to it with her, because she's not art school, it's fashion design school. She got into Parsons, um, and so she has a little hat and the, the jacket on a on a dummy, not a dummy, whatever they use. Um, a mannequin. A, a mannequin. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, a form. That's what yeah, I'm trying to address Dummies form. are the models. Am I right? <laughs> Am I right? Uh, the real dummies are the people who buy it. We're the yeah. suckers. Um, oh. That's a much better was, joke. Before Everyone's we start. Dumb. Yeah, because I didn't want to be mean to models. They seem like a lot of them are nice people. Before we start today, I'd like to <laughs> thank all, up to them. all of our... Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, mean, I don't want mummy. I don't want, I don't want hey, models we just, to hate me. We just wanted to say on our dude show that supermodels are cool, right? <laughs> well, look, if we say that they're dumb, it's also there's no there's no winning here. Supermodels are people like hey, this is just three dudes only... saying that supermodels are all right. Hey, <laughs> if you're a yeah, supermodel and you're listening, we like you. Uh, <laughs> well, models today are cool. Models got a bad rap for a long time, but as somebody. Who has you know some weird features like kind of you know little sometimes intense eyebrows or like a gap mm-hmm. in my teeth, mm-hmm. and then every few years models just seem to be coming closer and closer to me. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, you guys are cool now. I like it. I also have intense eyebrows and a diastema. Yeah. Um, that's fun. Yeah. You're right. We're basically models, Anthony. Yeah, I mean, essentially. Uh, I like that. Um, before we start today, I'd like to thank all of our fabulous meat buddies, but especially today. I would like to thank, I would like to send a special uh, cheers to all of those who donate in non-U.S. currencies. One of our meat buddies this week edited their pledge from dollars to euros, and I have not done the math, but I assume that means we're getting a thousand times more money. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Right? Because that, I don't, I didn't even know how you would convert that number, but it's the same number as before, but now it's like, it's got to be way more. What, was it euros or was it kroners? What was it? Oh, I believe it was pounds, actually, not euros. It was, um, I believe this is pounds. Pounds? That's That's not even Europe, dude. Brexit is real. Brexit's all the way. We're probably losing money on that. Day. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. 
I I think probably because of no you I can't actually I I this is so hard for me to wrap my head around. This is like something that comes up on my other show Space Cats Peace Turtles all the time where we'll get these people from the UK trying to be like, "Yeah, we're European." And I'll be like, "Not anymore, you're not. It's done." <laughs> no. Like it's over for you I with that. I thought you were going to say something about currency exchange, but no, it's just you shitting on the UK. No, you're just <laughs> that's but the, I thought I thought it was Brexit, okay? Yeah. I I heard there was a Brexit. And these all yeah. these UK people be trying to be like, "Yeah, Europe, right?" You're like, "What do you know about Europe?" You probably haven't even been there. Yeah, you <laughs> I don't even know if your passport's good there. You really? can't just travel to Europe <laughs> yeah. from your Brexited place. Well, look, yeah. I, this is a weird time to be all aggressive since this is someone donating to the show, but yeah, we've that's never fair. been good at this part before. So, if you mm. are from any country in Europe or out of it and you would like to join those people in giving us a mysterious amount of money, you can keep this show limping down mm. the tracks from wherever you are by going to Metreon dot com and i really appreciate everyone who supports the show um we also got actually um slightly related was uh um from let me just pull this up here from chris who uh became a uh a, a patreon recently became a meat buddy recently and uh sent along just a, a just a great little image of danny devito lighting money on fire so <laughs> oh, just, yeah. this is the energy that i think everybody has when they become part of the show yeah. so i appreciate oh, yeah. all of that um all right. I mean, so that's now, what happens when you join the longest running live action cable sitcom of all time. I, uh, I, he's got all that. Is that really the long? That's crazy. It's always sunny. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's always sunny follows into that. Like uh, it has a lot of like longest running. If you put a bunch of asterisks next to it, it's like the longest running live action non-basic cable right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. television because the other, right? otherwise the answer is always the simpsons yeah nothing will ever beat the simpsons um yeah. yeah all right so before we get into our homework for today we're gonna start with segment one the news actually a little bit of pre-news a little bit of newsy pre-news this is um this is you know silly to do for a national an inter- international podcast such as ours but i do want to just make a quick mention of an upcoming show that i have if you are in portland oregon or within 300 miles of there just want to let you know that i'm going to be recording my debut comedy album at mississippi studios in portland oregon on october 2nd i am i'm making a record so i'm taking all of my jokes and all of your laughs and i'm compiling compi- compiling them into a digital file that can be enjoyed exclusively by long-haul truckers for the next 10 years. Heck so yeah. I'm, I'm making some comedy, sending it over to Sirius XM so that the truckers have something to not fall asleep to, hopefully. That would be a good comedy album title. It would be like comedy for truckers. Just for, for truckers. Jokes for <laughs> truckers. I like jokes <laughs> for truckers. That's what it would be. I don't know if I have any jokes that truckers would like in particular. There was a, Fred Armisen did an album that was like comedy for drummers where he like oh, yeah. was playing drums like half the time. And it really was mm. a lot of jokes that it seemed like I think only drummers were allowed in the audience. Anyway, mm. I do like a specialty comedy album. That's very fun. But yeah, yeah most you gotta, of this, whatever like, you got to do to market these days, you know, so competitive out there. My you know? thought with the truckers is just every joke. I'll just have a thing where like every 30 seconds in the middle of a joke will be like, wake up. <laughs> eyes on the road like that that's and then good. just go back that's to the joke good. yeah they would actually be like wow this has like some utility like even yeah, if they don't right. like the joke, your money's yeah. worth with me that's what yeah. i want um yeah. october 2nd in portland oregon if you can i mean come to me you got that album. great bit about like um what to do when you're high uh on methamphetamines and accidentally just ran over a homeless man and you have to dispose of his body off the interstate 
I don't actually. So it's super relatable. I don't say all that stuff explicitly, but that is the subtext of my joke about donuts. Oh, yeah, yeah it's totally sure. there, right? right yeah, right. I also, all of my jokes are recorded um, sleeping just above the cab where I yeah. got to the show. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. And they um, all have some sort of murder subtext. Like if you <laughs> listen to them closely, a lot of people don't get that about you. A lot of people are like, yeah, he's like clean. It's like nice. Yeah, and yeah, yeah no, it's like true. That great catchphrase when you don't say anything, but you just do that like pull arm thing. Yeah, yeah, I do that a lot. On. Yeah, it's not going to sound as good on the audio album, but in my special, you when I tape that, you'll be like, yeah, oh, he's always see. doing that. Yeah. yeah. Um. Now in, on to actionable news today, we're talking about uh, stories that started a long time ago, but are in the zeitgeist all over again. I'm talking, of course, about 9/11. No, I'm just kidding. Um, today, uh, we're talking about... <laughs> I'm actually handing the entirety of the news section over to Anthony, who's going to explain to me... Um, you said you're a hype check uh, before that we started. You called it a hype check. My, mm-hmm. The answer is not... It's not. We're not checking. You are hyped. That is very clear. I am this segment is you're going to explain to me why you are so hyped about the fourth installment of every philosophy professor's favorite movie reference, The Matrix. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, so Ezra is not here today, but... Uh, oh, yeah, I didn't mention that. Ezra couldn't be here today. He had uh, childcare issues. Yes, but uh, so um, I feel a little bit um, kind of stranded out in the field because uh, earlier this week, uh, a teaser site for The Matrix 4 went up, and me and Ezra uh, buried our Discord channel and YouTube did not engage at all. <laughs> but me and Ezra just went back and forth, getting so hyped yeah. for the Matrix Four, and I really thought he would at least be here. I knew I would have someone with yeah. me today on this, but he left me high and dry. He did. Goddamn agent would. Um, <laughs> um, but so no, what? What? Okay. Yeah. So first of all, uh, tell us about the the promo that they did that got you so excited. Well, yeah. So there was just a fun little website, uh, and you know, going back to the original Matrix, like that was one of the first big movie websites that kind of like did fun meta stuff, and they did a fun little teaser site where they had like a red pill and a blue pill, and you kind of clicked one, and you would get like a different teaser depending on the time of the day and which pill you've picked. I and can never remember which pill do I pick if I don't hate women. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's, here's the thing. Here's the thing that makes me so, got me so hyped. So I'm, I've said before, I'm a big Wachowski's fan. Yeah. I, I think they, uh, even though I just dis- generally dislike most of their movies, uh, especially over the last 20 years, I, I wouldn't say most of them have been good, but none of them have been uh, not interesting. Or non bold, and I respect the hell out of that. Right, and I love, love, love that they are not only like leaning in to the red pill thing, uh, but that they've seemingly based their marketing about it, and they seem to be taking it back. Because here's the thing, um, I constantly think of you know that line in Office Space when the guy's like always complaining because his name's Michael Bolton. Yeah, and they go, "Why yeah. don't you change it, your name?" And he goes, yeah. "Why should I have to change? He's the one who sucks." Right. Um, that to me is like what I think I I love about what Lana Wachowski is doing here. Like, fuck people who took her thing. Red the red pill 
is something that like they invented, right? It is a a metaphor for estrogen. Literally, estrogen pills used to be red in the nineties, right? The Matrix is this thing about waking up and like become more, and like people have taken it and repurposed it and corrupted it. And rather than running from that, being like, no, fuck you guys, we invented so, this. So We're gonna I take it. Be, back. I I love what you're saying, and I yeah. agree with you emotionally. But the end of Office Space is him introducing himself as Mike Bolton. Uh-oh. Like the the metaphor you used, he gives up at the end. That's the yeah. joke: is that he can't win against Michael Bolton. And like, well, I, I mean, yeah, I, nice, nice. That, I, does that count as a headshot? Uh, there, yeah. Alex. Alex, no you scope. just destroyed <laughs> Anthony's whole thing. If this office space connection falls apart, how are we to understand Anthony's point? Yeah. <laughs> well, I my I guess. I just believe in the internet's power to ruin things more than, uh, you know, I mean, well, hey, can, I, can I draw an analogy here? Cause it reminds yeah. me of what has been happening, uh, with Pepe. Exactly like that. It was yeah. like, you know, the chill dude makes it for just a silly stoner comic, bunch of alt, right? Nasty people take control of it. And now, they're they're fighting back and Pepe or Pepe, uh, is it Pepe? Whatever it is, I, I think like it's supposed Pepe to be Pepe. Better. That's a funny actually, we're going to take reason... back Pepe. Honestly, yeah. honestly, to me, it is like it says so much. Like, and I, I get on a lot about sort of like um, people on the left and sort of a lot of the stuff they do that disappoints me. But nothing disappoints me more and makes me more frustrated. Uh, then like people who are like, look, man, we're in an ideological war. We need to win this. This is important. These people are hateful and they're, you know, they're bad and we need to like stop them. But also let's just give up on every little thing. The second the right <laughs> pushes back on us at all. It's fucking pathetic. It's and not, that okay, is so, okay, me, look, I'm just, that, I'm, I, I look, I'm not, I'm not saying that it can't be done. I just feel like, like if you are the one now who's like trying to use fake news to mean, <laughs> intentionally misleading news stories you're wrong it's no. been ruined no but it's we're not too talking, late we're not talking about fake news right that's no but i'm that's, saying that's a, that's a term that used to mean something yeah. and then the right flipped it around to mean the opposite and we gave yeah. up because you can't win that yeah. like the media environment yeah. for the meme environment they're they're too good alex nah alex? not true not true yeah. not, not true and first off that's even God, you're just really making me very sad, Alex, with just how much lack of a spine you're showing it's, here with these things. It's not. It's not that. that, it's that one. There are other Come, fights. Look. No, no. Yeah, look. but but look at well, but look at my example. Look at look at PP. Whatever. Look well, at it. I mean, that, I was going to bring that up because I feel like they've said they're taking it back, and it's still it's a racist tattoo in prison more than mm. it is taken back. Still, oh, no, but it's that's not how you take something back. The way you take something back is you translate it and you go bigger and uh more authentic yes. and with the hong kong protests they did that like they won it, it's just because some racists don't want to let go of it they made pepe more than what the white supremacists had made of it so it doesn't yeah, really and- matter if there are people that don't want to give up the fight because they lost the hong kong protest symbology trumps anything i yeah, feel and like i, I want to kind of Getting off that to specifically towards the matrix, right? I yeah. think, I think that one that there's a um, a lot of queer art, especially that has been co opted by the shittiest p- 
people mm-hmm. on the planet. Uh, and I think that, like, one, that would really help. I think if, like, every time you walk into some guy's room and you had a Fight Club poster and you were like, oh, wow, how gay of you. That's really brave. I didn't know, like, you, you're, like, so into, like, homosexual subtext in your art, right? Like, right. Like, Fight Club is a queer piece of art. The Matrix is a incredibly ahead of its time queer piece of art. And, like, the fact that, like, Lana is now coming back, reowning it. I love that. But also, like, minus all of that sort of stuff, I just think, like, the way the movie looks, I think, getting me really hyped i'm very very excited yeah, yeah i mean i i can't wait for like one this is probably going to be you know lana has made some more films since she's transitioned but this will probably be the biggest highest profile film made by a trans director ever i can't wait for the shitty people who misuse the red pill to be like i can't believe they went and picked politics in the matrix i'm sure there is like already there has been a fox news why is the matrix so woke now yeah, uh, but i mean take. like the matrix is the original get woke movie right yeah, but yeah. i think that like I, I love the way the marketing is leaning into it. I love the way that the the film looks. Uh, the trailer is very odd. I really don't know what to expect. And I do like that with any other director, I would be worried, especially because of how much imagery is definitely purposely being taken one-to-one from the original Matrix. That's in just this trailer and these teasers alone. There is so much taken... And that would really worry me if it was like a J.J. Abrams or somebody. I was going to say that reminds me of Star Wars where it's they're like basically like, look, I know you mostly just liked the first one. We're doing good again. Yes, but I think that would worry me. But the thing is, the Matrix within the lore and the mythology itself, cycles, reincarnation, these things repeating is one built into the text of the matrix but then two the wachowski's filmography especially over the last 20 years you look at sense eight you look at cloud atlas uh jupiter ascending these themes of reincarnation and cycles repeating is so in baked in to their work and yeah. if there's one thing the, the wachowski's have never done in their entire career is that is be conventional right look at like the original matrix trilogy sequels right Say what you will about those movies. Um, they've definitely grown on me over the years. But, like, they're so bold and different and wild. And I can't imagine that that's not going to be the case with this. I am just so excited for whatever they do. I think that, you know, it's only Lana directing this one. Um, but I am I think, like, already the imagery that they're showing in the trailer, some of the really fun effects they're coming up with, uh, I just, I, I can't wait for it. I went from being like a little apprehensive and then the second I saw it and I saw that they were leaning into this, you know, this I this imagery that was been taken and corrupted and like, you know, purposely, I imagine, certainly are not going to use that irresponsibly and are going to try to really drive home what their point is this time. Uh, I just, I can't wait. I think... I- Good or bad. I mean, it might not be good, but it's going to be interesting. And that's something I we just really don't get in modern blockbusters in general. 
I love that. That's um, a, this is an awesome, awesome pitch. You've gotten me hyped for a thing that I did not think was possible, and I, I am excited to see yeah. uh, Keanu back in the leather saddle. And yeah, um, I mean Keanu, Carrie Ann Moss looks great. Um, Jonathan I think Groff he, is in this. Finally, we get that. I mean, if there's anyone who looks like he's computer generated yeah. to make us feel I mean, comfortable, it's Jonathan Groff. I mean, talk about. Uh, Yahya um, Abdul Mateen is uh, one of those actors who I um, I think is so talented, so charismatic. But he's also one of those guys I look at and I'm like, how are him and I the same type of animal? Like, I just don't understand how <laughs> we same can age. Be, like, yeah, yeah what, what is going? What happened mammals. to me in that in the last thirty six years? Uh, but yeah, that guy is a um, a walking god. Uh, carved out of marble Um, but I cannot wait especially with him seemingly playing like Morpheus or like a younger version a computer made version of Morpheus it does make me you know a little confusing like I know Morpheus died in the MMO which is canon but at the end of the third movie Morpheus is the only one of the the, the, trinity trilogy three people (laughs) <laughs> who's still alive trinity and neo are both dead but they're back and morpheus isn't like what's happening um i mean yeah. I, I believe they might have been resurrected yes that's definitely it's, what it's looking like it, it's called matrix resurrections okay yeah. great we have to move on this is an awesome segment and i do appreciate you taking the reins and now let's get to the homework It's time for segment two, The Homework. This week, we're talking about The Invisible Man, the 2020 science fiction horror film written and directed by Leigh Wanal, uh, who you may know as the writer mm-hmm. of four Saw movies and four Insidious yep. movies. Yep. Um, also something well, called I've, Cooties. And Upgrade, which is also very, very good from a few years ago, starring Tom Hody Light. Um. I'm sure you're doing a great thing. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, this movie is extremely loosely based on the novel The Invisible Man by H.G. Wells and stars Elizabeth Moss, who you may know as the president's kid in the West Wing, Peggy and Mad Men, and most relevant to this movie as the extremely distressed lady in Handmaid's Tale. Mm. Boy, this is a woman who can act like the bags under her eyes do more acting than most people in their entire careers. Yeah. Um, Along for the ride, of course, is Aldous Hodge, who uh, I worked with in a scene of TNT's Leverage. Oh, that's neat. I was on set with him on Leverage one day. I was just an extra. That was my one day of extra-ing. I got to be in a scene with him. How much Uh, did you have to stand around that day? Well, certainly a fair amount, but... uh, cool thing about that extraing day is i actually appear in that scene as two different characters i'm in this they were it was such a shoestring budget that tnt was on that me with glasses and my sleeves rolled up is behind one of the characters on the right and with my glasses off and my sleeves rolled down on the left as an other person in the room yeah, it's so. you and your twin brother exactly your they were like yeah it just look like two brothers work here yeah. one of them has better eyesight yeah wow <laughs> and it doesn't take away from the scene at all it or, does not. I mean, I well, I'm so good. I'm so believable as guy pushing that forklift uh, pallet, the pallet jack uh, that they were like. Everyone I've always thought said that, that scene that actually you... made the the whole episode. Everyone, everyone says that. 
Yeah, everyone says that you should just kind of be in the background of stuff. Like I should be in, in more TV shows, but you don't. I don't even need to talk because that's the I, you know they don't say extras anymore. Obviously, it's background act- actors, and um, I really did act the shit out of that background. Boy, what was the matter with extras? I think that's a fun term, extras. Yeah. Ricky Gervais copyrighted it and kind of ruined it. It sounds special, you know. No, I I think you're exactly right. I think it was uh, it was Ricky Gervais ruined it. Um, (sighs) Like he does. Like he does. This movie. The movie came out in 2020, um, and uh, on paper, at least, you could see a direct correlation between this and us being locked in our house for a year. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. It was just right around that time. Yeah. It might have been the yeah. reason the world ended. Also, uh, importantly for our studies, this is Universal Pictures' 97th attempt at rebooting their monster franchises. Yeah, yep. give it another nice. go. This is the, uh, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just do what we obviously should have done to start out with. Let's make just a make a good movie that yeah. doesn't One have to do One watchable movie that uses our IP and we'll build from there. So yeah. last week we talked about the dark universe. Uh, this is the new attempt at the invisible universe. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just going to be a thousand different. We're going to get the invisible woman and then the invisible dog, presumably. Um, we'll talk about Zeus more later. Um, okay. Yeah. So for those of you who missed this version of the Invisible Man, the 2020 Invisible Man, and some of you missed it, it's very easy to think. Wait, they put out an Invisible Man movie in 2020. It was very yeah. well reviewed and made a good amount of money, but it's just did not quite capture the zeitgeist because of. Yeah. Uh, Pando, but I mean, it was one of the first big casualties in terms of like films of COVID. They just came out and just immediately got. I want to say they had like like two weekends of of money, and then and then the world shut down, and so they moved to the streaming. But um, yeah, okay. So uh, let me give you the summary for those of you who have not seen it before. So the movie starts with Cecilia going to great lengths to escape the nicest house I've ever seen. Like, it is just banana pancakes how nice this house is. Now, admittedly, it's on the ocean and it's made entirely out of glass. Hurricanes are going to be an issue. Mm -hmm. There's also no curtains in the entire thing. So she's sneaking out at night, but you wake up with the sun in that house because it is bright. I mean, that house is a great example of if you don't have a lot of money, if you can just spend your money wisely and get one really cool location yes it exactly so much production value the, to the movie so this is a Bloomhouse movie which means yeah. uh, generally speaking low production value and oh, yeah. um, the director gets to be in charge of how the movie goes so it's a yeah, seven I million mean, dollar budget and i would guess i would say two million for the cg suit and four million for that house and then the rest went to actors and, and yeah crew. i mean this movie is absolutely like the budget of this was the catering budget on the mummy yeah 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 uh, right. I, I like like pro- probably quite literally so this is seven million dollars and uh the budget of the 2020 the mummy was i think 2017, five, the mummy tw- sorry 2017 the mummy is i think yeah for uh it grossed 400 million I th- and it lost money. So it's probably around $500 million, including wow. budget, wow. including marketing and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah probably, that was probably just to feed cruise missile even. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. he, can you imagine what that guy eats? I, you know? I assume it's like The Rock where he just eats fish a couple times a day. I would imagine well, like he eats things that you didn't think existed. You know, like <laughs> he eats like he does his uranium. Own stunt eating. Like he's like, no, I, mean, I eat raw uranium. He that. exclusively eats uh, frozen 
uh, ghosts. What are the ghosts in Scientology called? Thetans? Oh, Thetans, Thetans. yeah. Frozen yeah. Thetans, yeah, for sure. Yes, this is it's only $200 million, but I thought I read that it lost money, so I don't actually well, know. $200 million plus, that's just mo- movie making. Right, then so probably a couple hundred million in mar- marketing, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, okay, so this is a $7 million movie, but mostly on this incredibly nice house. The fixtures, that bathroom sink, uh, it's like, Oh, it's beautiful. Um, Completely insane. It's one of those sinks where it's just like granite and slanted a little bit. And you're like, how is that even a sink? Oh, it's great. Mm. Anyway, but apparently she was not having a good time there because um, she is sneaking out of this place to get out of this house to get away from her uh, abusive ex-boyfriend who is a leader in the field of optics uh, and probably the CEO of all glasses or something because this house is so crazy. Anyway, um, so she escapes barely goes into hiding uh with her cop friend and she's scared all the time that her ex-boyfriend is stalking her um until she gets the news that he has been found dead uh and she's inheriting five million dollars and so the healing can begin but then weird stuff starts happening like she's feel like she's being watched uh a, a fire starts on her stove there's footsteps on the bed sheet her sister's throat gets slashed in public and the knife is in her hand just little things start to go wrong little things you know so she yeah. suspects that something is happening and she is va- she, apparently in their relationship she never asked what he does because all she knows is that he does optics and she's like he probably figured out a way to become invisible because he does optics and then that's the that's her whole explanation of it so she figures out that what has happened is that her ex- ex-boyfriend faked his death and invented a suit that can render the wearer incredibly sweaty and in completely invisible uh using optics so it's a black suit covered in optics and it uses the power of optics to make you not visible you get it anyway he's sweaty man the word optics. optics is just doing a lot of heavy lifting in this story you know <laughs> what i mean yeah. like that's, that, that, was, uh, that was what i was getting at by using it that a lot in yeah. my summary i feel like they used it to like look i'm just gonna say optics, optics. Hey, i'm like you didn't study it shut either. up audience it's optics yeah. you Tell don't know about optics works. you're too stupid yeah that's the subtext mm. if you can so explain stupid, the lens you don't know what i'll explain the suit to you and then i'm like yeah. yeah you're right i don't know it's curved i give up <laughs> anyway <laughs> so it's, pro- it's bending light probably so uh okay so sh- then she sneaks back into the really nice house and finds exactly a perfect backup copy of the optics suit and she hides it in the closet for weird i don't even know why you do that but she hides it in the closet and then she goes back to getting stalked and tortured and arrested and blackmailed and but it's all in kind of like a playful way like he like the invisible man like murders people and his brother helps but it's like also kind of there's like a silliness to it where he's like surprise anyway um i mean i i do think that you you're also kind of forgetting that all of this is wrapped in uh, very real metaphors for the psychological abuse of abusive relationships, gaslighting, and yes. like stalking, right? Like, yeah, I, I wouldn't even call it a metaphor because they just say it over and over and over yeah, and over again. Yeah. Uh, um, so I'm not forgetting it. So it was very well hammered into my brain. But yes, yeah, this I mean, is... the, the two kind of main fears, right? Is sort of like this, you know, uh, abusive partners uh, fear, and uh, what if we took that? And typophobia, and we mash them together to create women who are scared of abusive boyfriends and scared of small holes. This is the Venn diagram of the most terrifying movie ever. Uh, Wait, what's the small holes part? Typophobia? Yeah. I, I was telling you about this. Yeah, we this talked about it last time. It's a, uh, a phobia, a very yeah. common phobia of people who... Uh, don't like when essentially small holes are kind of packed together. 
okay, uh, and, a, and the, are you talking about the suit? Is that where it comes yes. up? The suit okay. is absolutely designed to upset, like specifically designed to upset people who have typophobia. The way yeah. that I like, don't have typophobia, yeah. but I do chafe easily. And so that whole, that was what the yeah. suit, it definitely made me focus on how uncomfortable that has to be. Yeah. And he does some athletic shit in it. Yeah, um, it's it's like the way Coraline started with Neil Gaiman reading about people who are afraid of buttons. Uh, and like that's like the basis of that whole movie. It's like that's an actual oh, I didn't know that. phobia that people have. Oh, um, interesting. This is like type of phobia was absolutely like one of the main okay. things oh, you could tell was like. Let me just get back through to finish that here with the literalness of what happens. So she uh, uh, manages to escape from prison and then eventually spray the invisible man with a fire extinguisher, which defeats the optics. And then when she can see him and his little holes, she shoots him. And then, but then when she takes off the suit, it's the brother all along. And so, or all along question mark. Uh, it's her brother and the, his brother. And uh, so, and her, the ex is like tied up in a closet. And so it's like, Oh, maybe he was the victim this whole time, which is just part of the psychological manipulation. But then she agrees to go on a date with him and at first, it's like, oh, maybe they're just trying to make it work. You know, like he killed her sister. She killed his brother. They're even. Maybe they can just start fresh. And yeah. then uh, but then instead, secretly, it was a police sting. And she's just trying to get him to admit that he did all this stuff. And mm. um, oh, also really quick side note. When he when we meet him for the first time, the Invisible Man, when we, he's visible, um, my wife had the sickest burn I've ever heard her say while watching a movie. We see him for the first time and she goes, oh, phew, I thought they were going to make him hot. <laughs> well, it was so good. She was so worried that he was going to be hot, and he was not, and it was really a relief. Anyway, um, that's so a good because it's at the real the actor, you know, the real yeah. person. Yeah, yeah, they just cast the which Calling is always good. You you know, I always like when you cast a not hot person. That helps me. I mean, I don't yeah. know. I think he is like. I first saw this guy in the um, the Haunting of Hill House, the Netflix oh, yeah. anthology series. He's in that. Um, and he's really good, and I, I don't know. I don't think he's bad looking. This is Oliver Mansour Jackson Cohen. Yeah, yeah. Um, Oliver Jackson Cohen. Um, he's an English actor. Oh yeah, Elizabeth yeah. Moth is also secretly British. He's been so many secretly British people in this movie. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, it's also like yeah, House, Haunted Blind Manor. Manor. Anyway. Oh, great. Um, the point, though, is the, the reason why that burn is so sick is she didn't mean it to insult him. She was, like, genuinely relieved to not be attracted to him. And it was very, very, very funny. Anyway, okay, so to finish up, so they go on this date, and then he says the word surprise in an apparently memorable way. Um, and so even though he won't admit being the Invisible Man, she knows it was him. And so she goes to powder her nose and then secretly slips on the back of invisibility suit and makes it look like he killed himself and then puts the suit back in her purse really quick so she can get away with all of it and then keeps the suit with her because she wants to go on to torture her next boyfriend and the cycle mm. of violence can continue. Oh, I yeah. Mean, this movie, you could absolutely see, especially when she's walking out with the suit, um like a monologue voiceover that's just like, who am I? I'm the invisible woman. Yeah. <laughs> um, like it really does have a superhero as yeah. ending. Um, except, except like it's so fucked up. Like it's like, yeah. I don't, and, and this is another great line from my wife was that I was talking to her about this project we're working on about the, about universes. And she loved this movie unless it's part of a universe. And then she hates it. Oh that's yeah. I, mean, how I feel to be honest. 
like yeah, it's absolutely not going that to be ending, part of a- that marvelly ending though of her becoming some sort of like superhero i think uh my wife's opinion and i agree with it um could have come up on my own i don't rely on her for everything but um we agree on this, which is that it does it does sort of cheapen the domestic violence message and, yes, and, yeah, and yes. theme. If 100% this is a agree. story, can we just have your wife on? Actually, I think I think she's nailing it. With she would nail it all, man, the other last thing about my wife for a little while is that I hate horror movies, and she used to also hate horror movies, and she completely switched last year. I don't know what it was. That's awesome. Um, but she loves them now. And the only part of this movie that really messed her up was when Elizabeth Moss gets a normal medical IV. Like, she still <laughs> hates needles so much. It was like, all the throat slashing, she was fine. And yeah. then Elizabeth gets an IV, and she was like, oh, God, and she turned away. What yeah. did, how did you, how, how scared were you, Alex, in, like, the, the, long, the long, slow sequences? The long buildup? I, yeah. I mean, I don't know if scared is the right word. Like, the movie's called Invisible Man. There's an Invisible right. Man there. I yeah, know what's yeah. happening. Right. Like, the, but where it, is he, Alex? It's like, yeah, it's a lot of tense music and long scenes where it's like, is this the scene that they reveal that the monster is there or not? And I did not enjoy it. Mostly I was like, I get to the part where you're fighting an invisible man instead of the part mm. where I'm so far ahead of you in knowing what's going on and like you are like constantly not finding out. I, I yeah. don't enjoy that feeling of, so I'm like the, tense and annoyed. It's, yeah. it's, it's called tension. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, but yeah. there's a, it's, there's a, there's a lot of versions of tension, and the one where it's like, it's like anticipation and annoyance together. That tension suspense. is not fun. For suspense. Me. That's the word you're looking for. It's called suspense. Well, yeah. well you I think that's will not be annoying. Anyway, this is my. No, I, no, I don't can't. like horror movies, so this is not no, fun. It's not fun feeling for me. It has to be sus- if, yeah. if you kind of already have to know there's something up in order for it to be suspense. Yeah, there can be tension, have to be annoying. anticipation, but well, suspense I, is you know something bad is going to happen. Yeah. I would tell you, Alex, that it kind of is sort of goes back to the red pill matrix thing where Ooh, like, yeah. as a <laughs> as like a straight white guy. I who just has love you me. encouraging him, Hunter, where you're just like, you yeah. don't know where he's going, but you're like, get him Drive yeah. together. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not encouraging him to go against you. I'm more yeah. encouraging him to, to turn this whole episode into a universe into itself. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, this is the Matrix Four this is teaser Invisible Man universe. Yes. yes. Chekhov's red pill. You set up the conversation in the beginning. But this no. movie, boy, boy, did this movie have a lot of checkoffs. There was a checkoff yeah. but butcher knife. There was a checkoff fire extinguisher. There was a checkoff pepper spray. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. but uh, I mean, yeah, Lee Whannell is a good writer. But um. But I think it kind of goes back to the red pill thing where I think it was something that's so funny about you being like, I think we should just give it up is like, uh, who the fuck are you to say that we <laughs> like this is something like for a queer queer community that's for them. And you as a straight white guy being like, no, nah, just give it to the Nazis. It's Look, cool. I get that you're I, I know I that think, it's fun to misinterpret what I'm saying, but I never said anything close to that. I mean, you kind of did. But anyway, nope. it's kind of the same thing with this. Where I think as a a you know a cis white male you're you're not viewing it from the, the point of view of, of the entirely cis white male uh, production and writing staff. No, I'm just talking <laughs> about the fe- the character that you're supposed to be buying into the movie, right? Like yeah, that, yeah, no, I, the paranoia. There, look, look, no, I mean, no, no, like, look, look, this does not have to be about me. We're talking about yeah. the movie. I don't like horror movies. I don't like feeling that way. I don't yeah, understand yeah. what is fun about this for people. That was my point. He doesn't oh, like I mean, the feeling. And the okay. part, yeah, yeah. and this is true in all horror movies. The part where they switch from 
what is happening suspense to like fighting a monster, that's when I get into it again. I mm. want to watch Elizabeth Moss fucking destroy the invisible man that's what yeah. i'm into yeah. you want so it when to it switches to the, that the power fantasy you know yeah. you don't want mm. it to be the you don't want to be disempowered by the movie well, where you're and, at the and especially whims especially because the first because this movie unlike you know like the like the cheesy 80s horror movie where you basically don't know the victims you're like oh they were mm. making out in a hill and now someone's trying to murder them we know her and we care about her and her situation is so sad yeah and it's, it, that like now I'm now I'm stressed. I'm, I'm tense. I'm annoyed, and I'm bummed out. And it's just like I wanted to shoot him anyway. Mm. That's all. But I I really like that from the beginning. The movie kind of sets up the cinematic language, right? In terms of like yes. the way the camera slowly pans, even as sort of nothing is happening. Just this feeling of like letting you learn the space. And that's like, especially with like all the sort of slow pans early that don't really lead to anything. One, I just think it's like fun filmmaking. It also really gives you a sense. Like I could draw the house that most of the movie takes place in, not the really nice one, but like just the cop's house. Yeah, yeah. Like from memory, because it spends so much time showing you the exact layout that you really Geography. get a sense of the place. Yeah. Uh, I really, really enjoy that. Um, and yeah, some of the scales there are just so, you know, some of the simple ones, like the standing on the sheets, like those yeah. are definitely pretty scary to me. It's like when he slaps the daughter yeah, is the moment that, and then what happens to the sister, right? Those are the two moments that are just like to be put in that situation. And the way the show, the movie shows like, yeah, it totally would look like from everyone else's point of view that Elizabeth Moss did that, right? And, like, yeah. the way of doubting your own sanity and, like, really yes. feeling that. I just think this movie really succeeds at that level. I think that um, I, I think that part is, that is cool, and that's what makes this, like, a, I feel like we could agree this is a pretty good movie. I think that part is very interesting. I, the fight scene with her and the Invisible Man is brilliant, and I realized as soon as it started, I was like, oh, I've seen this fight scene a hundred times. Because it is a like people love to post gifs of the beha- behind the scenes of this fight scene on the internet. Like I've seen a bunch of different posts. They're like, "Here's how they did this," and it's like five burly guys in green suits, full body green suits, mm. carefully carrying Elizabeth Moss around the room and bumping her into stuff and squibs going off, yeah, and then getting plates smashed on their heads in green yeah, suits. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. And so I had seen the green suit version of this a bunch of times, and I was like, oh, this is what the final version looks like. Yeah. But it's a brilliant yeah. scene of her flying around this kitchen. And um, I do slightly disagree with the idea that from everyone else's point of view, it looks like she killed her sister. If there's one camera in that restaurant, we saw the knife levitate and her hands were in her lap when it happened. Everyone would be like, that's fucking weird. Uh, Like no one would actually think who watched the tape that she had been any part of that. But the thing is, he's an optics genius. He knows if there's a camera. Right. He probably did. He looked to see if there were any optics. Hey, hey. Oh, you found a plot hole. Let's throw that word optics out at you again. Hey. (laughs) Do you guys think that was a conversation that he had to fight to have it be a sci-fi thing rather than a magic thing? Because it really feels like the Invisible Man is usually like it's some kind of science-y liquid he drinks, right? right. Isn't that yeah, what yeah. usually that's, makes... That's more of an H.G. Wells sort of a thing. An yeah. Invisible Man, an Invisible Man, or like uh, 
the closest version I could think of this is Paul Verhoeven's Hollow Man, which is not a good movie, but has a lot of similar stuff to this in it. Um, but like that's also like the actual person is being invisible. I really do think like approaching it as a purely sort of fantastical science thing, yeah. but like a real life like. Yeah, someone could make a suit like that. Yeah, and, and we there, there are like scientists who have made like a cloak of tiny mirrors and things that kind of mm. and computers that can kind of bend the light around it. Like this feels like it feels uh, science fiction, but it feels sciency in, in a way. And I do like that. I also like it because when the man is invisible and you see the clothes, you've got this old like amazing but corny vibe to it. And when it's like we see footprints only, and then when you actually see like she throws paint on him or whatever, and you see the tiny holes that scare some people, like it's a very good horror-y vibe to it. It also makes me constantly think about what his life is like in that suit. There's mm. also he's also at one point holding a phone and the phone is invisible. Um, so the phone must be under his suit. So he's, he's got, got pockets. Like, he's got yeah. pockets, yeah, it's in his suit. Yeah. I, I I wonder about well, that. He also well, washes hey, he, off. The Did white you, paint so thoroughly that we don't see even a speck of paint floating around, which I think is pretty great. Yeah, Spending well, he wakes in a mental institution just sitting in the corner. Like, where the, was he oh, sleeping? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Was he just sleeping, standing up? Well, right. he, he's an optics scientist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's an optics. Yeah. Oh, good point. Yeah, yeah, he, he's an optics. I forgot about that. Yeah, well, he's, he's an optics. He, in optics. He, There's so a difference. He, where is he sleeping? But also, like, he's got a he's got to drink water at some point and he can't. So is the water not under his optics. suit? You don't actually, there's no water. <laughs> he's got like a camel back. Yeah. Camel he's got back. a camel back. He's <laughs> eating. He's got yeah, like a, a feed bag, like a horse that's also made out of optics. And he's just eating yeah. a sandwich inside that bag. I don't think that any of these concerns are important. That was I don't just, either. Yeah. I, I don't think they're important. I think they're a delight to imagine. That's why we're talking about <laughs> oh, okay, it. Yeah, that's yeah, my, yeah, that's, that's right. Uh, no, we've established it. it's a pretty good, fun movie. I, except for it's a horror movie, so I don't enjoy it. Um, but, I like thinking about all the repercussions of things. That's a thing yeah. that I like to do I on the show. I wish the ending was better. I always have trouble with movies like this where I like them and then the, I really don't like the ending. Do you mm. not like the the date where she murders him or do you not like, like her that. putting the suit in the I bag and becoming just don't part of the like universe? The last moment, the, oh, yeah. the moment that the movie ends you with, I just don't like that. Yeah, yeah I it, mm. it felt so cheesy Marvel to me that I did not enjoy that. Mm. Um, but it felt like it felt like a good movie and then they were like Obviously, we have to put in this sequel scene. Yeah, and like they didn't believe in it either. Yeah, they were just kind of like, yeah, and and that. Anyways, see well, you later. It was fun though, right? But the only part I like, my favorite part about that is that she, so she has the invisibility suit, but she also has the dog Zeus with her. And mm -hmm. what I love about that, besides the idea that she can make a different optic suit for invisible Zeus, the invisible, so she dog. invisible dog with yeah. her, which I think would be great. Oh yeah. But also, what I like is that this is like a month or whatever this whole takes place over, where her ex boyfriend is pretended to be dead and is living, you know, drinking protein shakes out of a camelback under his suit in a mental institution. But he still goes home to feed Zeus every night, and I like that. I like yeah, that's mm -hmm. chill. During all of his this murder spree, he kept the dog alive. I thought that was really wonderful. I never replaced the call, though. He was like, you know what, that call, though, taking that off, that was a good call. She was right about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I, really enjoyed this movie, especially coming off the other two. Um, I like that it, it is, like, it's more true to the, you know, the concept. 
uh, of sort of like the classic horror stuff, but also like very much modernizing it, really being about something, which I think you could argue is like the one of the biggest problems with the last two attempts is that they really didn't try to reach out to any sort of like real world thing. Like even totally. the first totally. Iron Man has stuff about like who makes weapons and who do those weapons end up with right yeah like, oh yeah this is, is such a good point i'm, I'm so glad you brought this up because this is one thing i was thinking about this week about the mummy where it's not about any like the mummy gives you a lot of tools uh to make this about something like the fundamental original setup for why the mummy became a horror movie is because of imperialists uh defiling this tomb and then a curse befalls them that is maybe magical, but there's a moral reason why we're watching this curse befall people. It's because they were being imperialists and stealing all of Egypt's treasures. And you have that. You can work with that. You also have this idea of bringing things back from the dead and whether or not, and especially when you're making a series of movies about resurrecting dead IP to try to make oh. money off of, you have a built-in thing about what this could be oh. about. And they're like, no, this is not about anything. It's about, the cruise missile and his adventures. Yeah. Holding on to something well past the point of it expiring yes. and not being alive anymore. Yes. It's perfect material to mime for a modern version of this. It's and so perfect. And I'm so upset all, they didn't right? do it. And so, yeah. So you, so what was brilliant about this movie is that they were like, what is an invisible, what is an invisible man a metaphor for? What's the part of this man that is invisible besides the yeah. fact that he's covered in suit with optics? And it's like, oh, all these ways that he treated his partner that affect her and no one else can see because he seems like such a smart, nice guy. And that yeah. is a very smart place to start and a little bit exploitative. Yeah, I mean, it does, I, I would say, you know, something to the point earlier about this movie being made by, you know, straight white men, but it was also was like... I, I did find there was one, there is that, one woman producer listed, which yeah. I had not noticed before because her name is not linked, but, um, but it's well, still a, mostly, yeah, mostly straight Well, guys. what I was saying is like, they, they have good intentions, but also this movie, if it, this kind of didn't get much news stories because it... Um, you know, just every, a lot of stuff was going on about yeah, this movie th came This out, movie caused COVID, yeah. movie's posters... You know, said the Invisible Man, and then um, one of like the big taglines and like buses and like on taxis was he's standing right behind you, right? Which, if you are making a movie about domestic violence and it is a metaphor that it's very cruel to have your advertising uh... list that in survivors of this, right? Like there were a lot of a lot of women who went through situations like this and when you see a poster that's like your stalker's right behind you, it's like Jesus <laughs> Christ, right? That's a little Oh, I didn't even think of that. That's awful. Different. Um uh, and it's just it's that, I'm glad that that's why they they switched over to what you can't see can hurt you. Yeah. Uh which is also still not the greatest one. But... It's not the greatest, also stupid. Um but, but yeah, yeah, I like that this movie It's about know, something. That's such that. yeah. such a good point. And I it's the, I think that's one of the things we've been missing in the rest of our talk about the universes so far, is that one of the reasons why it seemed like this was an impossible task is because we were setting out just like they did hmm. to make a universe about nothing for no reason other than to put them together. Right. But if you actually had a metaphor or a thing you were trying to say, that could be the thing that leads to why they're all getting back together. Honestly, like. Marvel movies should take note that it might be cool for, you know, more of the movies to be about stuff specifically. Mm. Like not all Marvel movies are not about stuff. Yeah. 
but some, the ones that are, I think, are great. The ones that yeah. aren't are less great. Yeah, I mean, I think that sort of the biggest problem I have with Marvel is that they they try that, but I, I think they they undercut their own message a lot. Like Thor Ragnarok is you know a movie about colonialism and the the price of imperialism, right? Uh, Black Panther definitely has some really interesting stuff in it, but you look at like stuff like uh, like the second Captain America that's all about surveillance state and like government overreaching and has all these themes that are real, but at the end of the day, it's all Hydra. It's just bad, worse Nazis are doing it, and yeah. we can beat Super them Nazi. and make yeah. everything okay, right? It, that's the stuff when they don't go all the way enough. Um, but yeah. I definitely think Carrie Ann Moss is way better than Johnny Depp would have been in this role. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you mean Elizabeth Moss? Elizabeth Moss. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Moss. You got Matrix on the brain. Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> wait, so so wait. I know Johnny Depp was supposed to be in this originally. I assumed he was supposed to be the not-hot ex-boyfriend. You're saying he was supposed yeah. to be Elizabeth Moss's character? Well, I mean, it would have been a completely different movie. Oh, right? okay. Yeah. It would have oh, right, been right. nothing okay. at all. Johnny that Depp's... was when they were making this in the Mummy universe, and yes. then they changed it to this. So, yeah. so this is, though, still part of... So it's not a universe exactly but the but uh lee winnell is working on a sequel the invisible woman and is also directing the wolfman with um who's in the wolfman anyway um with ryan reynolds uh i did not know that so yeah 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 and also okay let me pull this up just so i make sure i get this right um yeah, Ryan Gosling. Sorry, wrong Ryan. Uh, Ryan Gosling is going to star in a new Wolfman, uh, written and directed by the same by by Winnell, um, where mm-hmm. he's a um, he's a TV anchor person, and so it's like a, a, it's it's they said it's described as being network meets Nightcrawler. Cool. Um, I like both those movies, and I, I like know, Lee but I, I hate things meet things. I know it's a crucial thing in our Hollywood, but Ryan Gosling. I mean, I. I think Lee Winnell, I can we take a moment to sort of talk about him for a second? Because I think it's a very I, fascinating. Can, can, I want to come back to him, oh, but I yeah. just want to finish this thought, which is that also in this Universal Movie Projects, part of this is also a movie called Little Monsters, which is uh, being uh, developed by the studio, um, which includes uh, little versions of Dracula and Frankenstein Wolfman, something we actually talked about and is being helmed by Toy Story 4 writer and director uh, Josh Cooley. So baby monster babies uh, it might be baby monster babies it's a live action hybrid monster movie that's all we know about it really mm. um and it's from a pixar guy so it feels like it might be baby monster babies so who knows anyway okay let's get back to lee now and tell me about why he's an interesting dude well i just i, I think that um you know this is a movie i really like he's definitely a director who's become uh i mean first off one he's in the matrix sequels which is something i i oh, forgot about till right now Right, because um, it's, it's the Read It and Weep episode, yeah. season four, episode 35, Universe. Yeah, yeah. Um, 35, Universe. <laughs> but <laughs> what's what's really interesting about him is the, the idea, so like you have Lee Winnell and James Wan, who are two writer-directors who are certainly well-known, they're very popular, but I don't think they get enough credit for the, the influence that they've had on specifically horror over the last 20 years. And I think it's it's really wild to have not a lot of directors. You can say maybe Wes Craven, 
with like Nightmare on Elm Street and then 20 years later doing Scream and kind of resetting the tone of horror movies. But Lee Winnell and James Wan directed Saw, wrote and directed Saw together, right? Yeah. Which Saw, for better or worse, the first one's an actual pretty good movie. The sequels get pretty wild. But like, that changed horror, right? All movies post uh, Saw were just Saw, right? They just, uh, yeah. Torture yeah, porn, sort of very graphic horror films that are about people being horrible to people, right? And then they get together a few years later, and they do Insidious, and then James Wan does The Conjuring, which is the most successful franchise like Universal's ever had, and completely changed horror again, right? I and I just think that's really cool. I haven't actually watched. I mean, I'm not, I'm not watching this. Haunted, movie, but... ha- haunted House story. Oh, well, um, I like a haunted house. But yeah, like between Insidious and The Conjuring is what really took off. Hmm. But everything now is just ghost stories, right? You look at what Netflix is doing with The Haunted of Blind Man. It's like all that stuff owes itself to Insidious and The Conjuring. And I just think it's cool that the two of them together have essentially set the tone for horror twice now over the last 20 years. I just can't think yeah, of a lot of other filmmakers that have that kind of like noticeable um effect on movies you know yeah that's that is super cool and also what i that this is what i like about this chance from universal where they were like we're just gonna give a person who's made a bunch of good movies a movie to go do and we're not gonna force them to do anything with it we're not gonna force them to fit russell crowe into it or whatever like just you've you've made a bunch of good horror movies make a horror movie that has an invisible man in it that's all go yeah, I mean, I would have loved to see like uh, a director like him, or even get someone like Christopher McQuarrie to make a low budget Tom Cruise mummy horror movie, right? Like he would never do it. Tom Cruise, I don't think has has it in him to be in a movie that costs less than like a hundred million dollars, right? But I would love to see him get that chance to do something small and intimate and more personal. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think that's super interesting. Um, um, yeah, yeah, I think that's cool. I think it's a good way to do this. Um, I do think this is one of the things. So let's get start getting into the universe because we got to wrap up here in a second. Um, let's talk about the universe. This is our episode three of our series. Can we fix it? Okay, so uh, we have been trying. The whole purpose of this episode, this episode series, is trying to figure out if we can solve. What Universal has failed to do several times is make a universe out of these movies. Um, we've had a few ideas we've come back to. We've been working on. We've gotten some of your feedback. We'll in- incorporate a little bit more here. Um, but the the main thing is now they have a movie at least to build off of. And so my, my fundamental question for you guys is like, why does it have to be a universe where all the monsters get together at one big table? And why can't it just be all of these play- take place on Earth around now and so thus are in the same universe where like maybe there is a mummy thing later a little mm-hmm. bit, but it's not yeah. all around the same table. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's because I think the the if you're going to emulate the MCU, the whole goal, it's not just like that they actually care about the nitty gritty of like having all these things be interconnected. The only goal is to set up for an Avengers movie. Right. So that it can be big, big money, big, big bucks. And I think that's the problem 
is that if the goal is to set up from the beginning to chase that specifically, there's there's not it all of a sudden makes something that should feel like really open. It makes it feel really narrow because of the whole goal is we got to set up all these different characters so that they can all meet up in a big super movie. I, I just feel like it's too, well, uh, it's so too limiting. I think we're on board with making big, big bucks. Let's say that part of our Let's project, big, big bucks. we I would like to. to have big, big bucks. So I yeah. think so, but why can't you do it? Like almost sort of like improv style where you're like, go make this invisible man movie. You do whatever you want. We'll figure out how this works later in a universe. Well, and then I mean, it you go like make that, a mummy huh? movie. Yeah. And then just make sure we sign Tom Cruise to three movies and we sign Elizabeth Moss to three movies, whatever else. Go make the movies. And then when we have three movies, we sit down and are like, okay, great. Now we have three characters that people like. What do they do together? Why are yeah. they hanging out? What problem are they solving? Because there's so many people who can write in this town. Somebody can figure out the thing that they sure. the overlap of those three characters. Well, but I think the I think another problem is the way they're setting up for it is is uh, making the 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 monsters have to be like even in this one, it, it ends with Elizabeth Moss becoming the new monster. Yeah, that's so funny that all three of these end with a person becomes a monster for only good reasons. Like, I hate that part. It's I hate a, that it's so, so much, cheesy. Man. I yeah. wish it could just be not that. Why can't it just I mean, be that something's gonna happen? Like Elizabeth Moss is just a character that we're gonna see again. You know what I mean? But yeah, she if doesn't at the become... end of this movie, she takes that second invisibility suit and she burns it. And she's like, I'm done with this forever. I'm going to go live my life. That would be awesome. You, and then then also, that would be more true years. to the themes. You know what yes. I mean? Like, the yes. idea that I really don't like that this movie is about and does such a good job of having a horror movie that's an analogy for, like, you know, abuse in a relationship. And their ending point is that, well, what happens is the abuser becomes the next monster. Yes. I don't like that. That's not a good point to your movie. I would much prefer mm. she starts going to therapy twice a day yeah. at the end of this movie. <laughs> I mean, I. I would love a movie that was like we pick up with Elizabeth Moss's character finally kind of coming out of a shell, getting her sea legs back under her, getting comfortable, and then meeting Dracula. Wouldn't yeah. that be awesome? Why can't Wouldn't that just be just a Honestly. woman getting out of a bad relationship and all of a sudden she's Dracula. hanging out with Dracula? Or that's like uh, her next relationship is she meets a yeah. new guy and then it turns out he's Dracula. Oh, that's awful. I I do think you could do this is like writing movies is not that hard where you could just say like, OK, so at the end of this one, she burns the suit. It's awesome. It's it, we, 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 we love her. Yeah. And then while Dracula is a problem and someone is like, you know, the only way we could solve him is if we could sneak up on him. No one can ever mm-hmm. sneak up on him because we're, we're too visible and his sight Ooh, is too yeah, good. I like this. And I they're like, like remember that weird optics guy? And then they have to go find her and they're like, look, do you know anything about this? And she's like, I don't know anything. But then she can help get the passwords and they unlock a secret cabinet and there's a third suit and she's the invisible woman now. Like it, it can be she's that thing in, re- in response to the movie and not yes. ruining the end of this movie by being like, now I'm the, I stalk the world at night and do invisible things. Yeah. Now I, like I slap the children. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, just, just like make, and, and then what's great about this, this version of it is if you make a movie like the mummy, that's kind of poop, you just throw it away and it's not a problem because you're not right. building these blocks on each other. You just build a few things you like and then you can just put them together. It's very, yeah, they it's like, should they should just set up for one movie that is a crossover of two monsters. 
Right, that's right. all <laughs> mission. And it's like a tournament. Do. You put out five monster movies, and the yeah. top two monster movies get to be in the monster. Get to Avengers. do their own. Th- I mean, really, it's like what the Godzilla, the Godzilla King mm. Kong universe movies mm. are doing. Not that those are great or anything, but but like it, it at least makes more sense than this whole idea that the monsters can be superheroes, and yeah. so we'll just do that. Oh, but they're all monsters. Well, I mean, at the, those movies also end with Godzilla being a good guy. Like, Godzilla <laughs> and King Kong are hero, superheroes uh, at the end. Yeah, King sure, Kong sure, sure. But at Godzilla. least it stays within the genre of, like, kaiju films instead yeah. of, like, completely playing outside of its own box. I'm not saying those movies are good. Those, those are not good movies. Actually, some of them. There's, like, the one... I hear Skull Island is okay. Um, but... At least it's they spent the whole budget on that one island, though. That's the thing. It's yeah, like to so rent Skull Island for a week costs so much it's money. Tough. It's tough. I just don't understand what a what a monster movie crossover is actually supposed to be, unless it's just goofy, like they did in the old days. Yeah, that makes sense, but everything else doesn't really to me. I mean, so yeah, when I when I was going back over all of the ideas we've discussed, the one that I keep thinking about. And the one, the only one that my wife liked, really, when I talked to her about it, was the idea that all the monsters band together to save the library. Like, <laughs> if all the monsters have to form a band to win a talent show to get the money to save the library. And then she added, she added, again, she should just have been on the show this week. But she added the one thing that I was missing. I said they're, they're getting together to save the library. That doesn't make a lot of sense. They're getting together to save the graveyard. Oh so my god! A graveyard that's a, where they all have lived at one point, and it's about to be bulldozed and turned into a Walmart. And they're like, "We have to get together and win the town show to get the money to buy the graveyard." Yeah, yeah. everyone's holding signs that say "Save the Grave" or "Save Our Graves." It's a great chant. The tone Alex. of that is so much more fun <laughs> yeah. than trying to make a series of horror films. Yeah, I know. I, know. <laughs> I mean, Alex, you—I'm pretty sure you literally just pitched. Hotel Transylvania. Well, I probably yeah. did, and I'm fine with yeah, it. Yeah, I'm fine. pretty sure that's exactly what that movie is. Sure, um, sure. But maybe that's a better idea than yeah. this, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, so we've had other sure. ideas that are already shows, and I think that, yeah, exactly right, is that the answer is you have to make it silly, and we've already done it. Yeah, um, that's true, that's true. Are they trying to save... I've never seen Hotel Transylvania. Are they trying to save the hotel? Is that the point? It, they must have done it in one of them, for sure. <laughs> oh, okay, right? so you don't actually I, know for sure if it's the same thing? No, I haven't seen it in um uh all the way through. I hear they're very good. I mean, they're made by... um Sony. The guy who did, like, Samurai Jack. Oh, Todd, and, yeah, Todd that Durham. guy. Yeah, Our no. Uh, girls, Dexter. Yeah. Yeah. Patty yeah. Not Patty Chayefsky, Um. What Gen- is his name? Oh, here it is. J- Jindy Tartakovsky? Yes. No. He direct, wrote and directed all of them. I mean, he's a very, very good animation director. Yeah, he's so. great. He's great. Um, yeah, I like this. So apparently, just to read the first part. So in 1895, after the death of his wife, Martha, at the hands of an angry mob, which is a great cartoon flashback, Count Dracula commissions and builds a massive five-star monsters-only hotel. See, that's also a solid idea, is there's one place... Sort of like um, the Continental and John sort of Wick. Like Continental, exactly. But there's there's a place where only monsters hang out, and it's in the middle of the city. I'm into that. Did uh, we basically just find out that they've already made a great? They've already done this well. Even it's like good, and it's already out there. So there was no reason to make the universal version of this because it already exists. Basically, 
Yeah, that's how it's called I think that's right. But I think my but it, but the reason to make a thing that already exists is because you can make money on it again. Um, oh, that's we want, true. You we can't want big, make big money bucks. again. You aren't right. limited in that way. There's right. not a hard stop on so one time. Here, so this money. is my like so for our third episode. My 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 final pitch for this. We're gonna do one more a bonus episode in the series. But my final pitch is they get together to save the graveyard. But really, the story is a metaphor for how stupid it is to resurrect old projects, and we should just like write new things. Yeah, that's good. Isn't that actually though sort of what um, that Jump Street, the new Jump Street movies were doing though? Probably. Okay, look, everything we're going to suggest <laughs> has been done. I'm, I'm, I'm just comfortable with that. I think the, even the ironic reboot has been done also. Well, so this, yeah, this is not, so I hate ironic reboot where they're sure. like, like, look, we're aware of the problem and we're just doing it anyway. Yes, that's I, Jump so Street. As I'd far like as I it know. to be more... This is a metaphor of the dangers of it, but maybe like actually wrestles with the idea a little bit more. I mean, you know what? I, I, if you're gonna do it, you guys have seen uh, Robert Rodriguez's Predators. No, when it's just like the Predators go and kidnap a bunch of badasses and drop them on a planet and then hunt them. Why don't the Predators do that with monsters? Okay, right? so this is another really interesting. I'm into this. Okay, yeah. so if the so they are monsters. Some of them have hearts of gold. Some of them don't. But the reason they're gotten together is because an alien wants them for a playground. Now you're basically making badass Space Jam, and I'm into it. Yeah, an uh, alien wants them to find out who's the real monster. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. They're on yeah. some sort of, maybe even like an alien reality show. Uh, who's yeah. the Earth's best monster? And then it turns out the monster was the people watching reality shows at mm. home all along. Battle Royale with monsters uh, oh man or what if you know? okay, wait, okay so here's a similar idea similar idea yeah you just all of the monsters exist on earth in modern day but then political upheaval all of a sudden hunger games universe and so each each section each state of the country has to nominate one universal mon- monster property to go fight on their behalf in the hunger games so it's it's called uh monsters hunger games again or okay near future the Uh earth is overpopulated we're dying we don't have enough uh rations to go around so what does the government do it releases monsters in different cities to curve population growth oh no so that you're purposely flag monsters yeah do you think about that? That is terrifying and also very universal. I think you can today we made. Check. We gotta go. Uh, we gotta wrap this Here, up. Wait, wait. I I actually just had a realization. This is like mm-hmm. a this is like a serious suggestion. Like yeah. I would actually These, talk. So like, we're ours. If, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they were. Yeah, yeah. All of them. That we've all been serious the whole time. Yeah. Um, if Universal asked me what they should do, I would say that if what they want to do is make a universe an interconnected universe that feels like the MCU if that is if they're hell bent on that mm-hmm. they should spend the next 20 years letting people make comics out of the universal movie monsters they should just yeah, do it that way I mean that that's way. a really good suggestion it's basically like all of these bad ideas we have we should have been hired to write as comic books Try yeah. it 30 different times, and like, then the ones that actually work are the ones you make into movies. Exactly. Just do, like, if that's what you want, if you have to do it that way, 
then you cannot do it without the extra boon of all of the decades of writing yeah. that you can rip off. So or, you have to just so, set so up So to like some that. extent, because they've been rebooting these franchises every year, every 10 years since the 30s, they are kind of doing some of that experimentation. So all you do is you say, what was the one of these that worked? And so far, it seems from our audience to be the Brendan Fraser mummy. Um, yeah. But it could be Abbott and Costello in the mummy or whatever. But like, sure, there's been a million Draculas. Find the one that people didn't hate and then use that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, my God. So Francis Ford Coppola, Dracula and yeah. the Brendan Fraser mummy. Yeah. Uh, and then all like that. And then you mash those together in some sort of a, a meta universe. OK, Sounds um, great. I want to read two quick emails before we go. Um, so we'll do that and then we'll get out of here and still hit your hard deadline. I mean, could you guys imagine if Tom Cruise's The Mummy had ended with Brandon Fraser walking into frame? Being like, I heard you have questions about mummies. <laughs> you know, like that would. But it's current. That like, would be sad, his line. Sad that would be Brendan Fraser. The hit line. I heard <laughs> you got questions about mummies. Okay, so two quick emails. First from Katie, uh, who sent in some book reps. Rex book Rex. Inspired by last week's episode, here are some books to scratch the same itch. So first up, The Extraordinary Adventures of the Athena Club series by Theodore Goss. Fun, fast-paced stories about the daughters of Jekyll and Frankenstein, etc. from the 19th century. So in other sort of all of the uh, public domain monsters world gets together and hangs out. The Extraordinary Adventures of the Athena Club. Uh, And then also number two, Dead Jin, D-J-I-N-N, Dead Jin Universe series by... P something Clark, P. DeGelia Clark. Anyway, um, so far only a few short stories in a novel about a sort of magical FBI set in the early 20th century Egypt that's very different from our own. Most importantly, since the return of magic, people have started worshiping the old gods. Ooh, since the return of magic, people have started worshiping the old gods. Just like I was saying last week, all of this, no matter what else you do, all of this canonically exists in a world where the Egyptian gods were the correct gods. Although I actually didn't think about this, but that actually does conflict with Dracula since it's about the devil. So well, I, again, yeah. I like the idea of sort of like God of War, God of War rules, where like each god is real in their own country, right? Like sure. if you leave a different country, you get different gods. Boy, right? that different sure gods. is a cop out on uh, on religion, but I like it. I agree with you. But it's like when somebody says, like, I believe that whatever you believe happens to you after you die. Ugh, come on. Um, it's, it's just, then we're all in different places. That's stupid. Anyway, I mean, why not? We're all in different places anyway, right? I mean, we're in different holes. Um, okay. Uh, and then last. So thank you for the book, Rex, Katie. I really appreciate it. And I'll put links to those in the show notes. And then also second email from Nora, who is so mad at me. You guys from last week's awesome. episode. Uh, Nora says, Alex, two exclamation points. Even the sucking the life comes from the Brendan Fraser mummy movie. All the things you mentioned they added, they ripped off from the Brendan Fraser mummy. Every bit. Gah! I disown you, Nora. So, Hell yeah, Nora. Um, Hell yeah, Nora. <laughs> yeah. Now you get it. You Welcome are, to the show. You're always on other people's teams. Um, the... Uh, <laughs> I, I really so we're gonna watch the Brendan Fraser mummy next week. We're gonna do a little bonus to the series and see how that changes our feelings. And I'm hoping, oh, I hope so hard. I hope to whatever god of whatever country you're in that I like this movie 
because I, I am alienating my final few remaining friends yeah. with this opinion. I think so. you do like this movie. Yeah. I think you already do. When oh. Brendan Fraser throws that chair at that guy, you're going to stand up and applaud. Because it's the uh, best moment in the movie. It better be. Um, anyway, so we'll do that. Uh, anyway, thank you for the email, Nora. I'm sorry to have let you down so much. And I'm sorry to everyone who writes in that I've let you all down as well. Um, <laughs> you, I, I, please continue to send us email, podcasts at read-weep.com. I, I appreciate book recommendations more than chiding, but as many exclamation points as you need, I'm here to be chided. Hey, hey, I want to I want to oh, apologize sorry. to Nora as well. Oh, hey, what did you Hey, say? sorry, Nora. You can have one on me. Oh, sorry. That was very nice of you. Thank you for yeah. helping spread this out. Yeah, yeah. I just want to jump in and take some yeah. of the load, you know? I appreciate Nora, that. Nora, I'm sorry we won't hold her on Alex, but I okay. promise right. going All forward right. you know, we will we'll be. hit the music again, hey, and this you know time what? I'm not stopping it. I could, I could translate that into it, because you know what? We didn't say anything about that. We just listened to that, and we just let that go. You yeah, know? And it's we true, but you didn't even know. It's possible. Yeah. All right. There you go. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. We will be back again next week. Next week, we're talking about the Brendan Fraser Mummy movie. Um, email us your feedback, podcast at readdeskweek.com. If you have any other ideas for how we can fix this series or if everything we suggested has been done, you can let us know that. Again, uh, thank you to all our meat buddies, especially our British meat buddies and our European meat buddies who are separate groups. We appreciate you supporting the show and keep us floating down the tube. And uh, I really appreciate hanging out with both of you. Thanks for hanging out, Hunter. Yeah, hey, thank you. Good luck moving, and we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Yeah, it's going to be rough. Uh, And thank you so much for being here, Anthony. It's always great to talk to you. Simpsons did it. (laughs) Awesome. All right, we'll talk to you next week. Goodbye.